What you gonna do, brother? New WWF figures got the power. Dad, is my turn yet? It's only been ten minutes. It's been four hours. What's up with that? Oh my god! Hey yo! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of the WrestleGeddon Podcast. And you are listening to the only third degree podcast on the airwaves today. So yes, yes, it's me, it's me. Once again, that H-E-A-T, mobbing with a G to the M to the U to the N-N-Y-G money. What is going on? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. So, it's got a... Not a whole lot, really, news-wise this week. Um, but, like always, you can follow us on Instagram at uh, Russell Gettin Podcast. Is it Russell Gettin Podcast or Russell Gettin Pod? Russell Gettin Pod with two Ds. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Russell Gettin Pod with one D. And if you've got any comments, questions, concerns, you want to answer trivia questions, tell us how awesome we are, tell us how much we suck. You can send an email to askrustlegeddon at gmail.com. Uh, and always, rate, subscribe, review, share the podcast with all your friends, family, neighbors, your kids, your mailman, your milkman, your butcher, um, your bartender, the, uh, the guy that checked you into the hotel, all those people. Spread the word. And as always... Leave us that awesome five-star Frog Splash review on iTunes to help boost our ratings and our listener base. Uh, so, yeah, let's jump into the news. Well, hotline fans, I have got a hotline rumor for you. The number, what's the number? Let me call the number. In the Hulkster's hotline, you may do so by dialing one 900 Okay, so... Like I said, not a whole lot. We got Cole Cabana and Shane Taylor both finished with Ring of Honor. Um, Cole Cabana running with NWA, so not a surprise that he's not um, going to be doing anything with Ring of Honor. Uh, Shane Taylor is kind of a surprise, but kind of not with the issues they've been having, or he's been having with Ring of Honor, like contract status and stuff like that. But he can make a pretty big splash, which is kind of ironic because he was a pretty big dude to begin with, so he's going to make a pretty big splash. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it'd be awesome to see him jump back to, jump into NXT, maybe, um, reform his tag team with Keith Lee, or just do his own thing. Either way, it'd be pretty awesome, but it'd be awesome to see him in AEW, or even NWA. Who knows? But wherever he goes, he's going to make a pretty, pretty big impact. So, thoughts? Yeah, I mean... I mean, we kind of knew a lot about Cabana. I mean, he's in NWA now. He's having a national champion. I'm just losing it and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Shane Taylor will be big wherever he goes. Uh, it's because he's a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, let's see. And that, and that national championship is now the third degree. Yeah, sorry. Third degree Third national, degree championship. national championship. Got to get that right. Yep. I don't need Aaron Stevens, you know, tweeting us and telling us yeah. shit like that. So, 
Um, figure news. Uh, rumored lineups for Elite 76 and 77 have been surfacing online. So 76, um, of course, we knew already that Tucker and Otis were going to be a part of that as they announced that during, it was either San Diego Comic-Con or Ringside Fest. Um, can't remember which one it was, but um, they were confirmed for that. Um, we're getting uh, John Cena, who has his uh, long hair, long dad hair. Uh, new Braun Strowman, Lacey Evans, and Christian in his debut brood attire. So we are getting puffy shirt Christian. And that figure will also be the chase. So plus side, just like with the Hurricane and Elite 75, Christian will be a part of the main line and will not be a store exclusive. Which is fantastic because I've been waiting for a debut Christian to go with my debut Edge. It's pretty awesome. Elite 77, we're finally getting The Fiend, uh, which is actually quite a a quick turnaround on there because The Fiend debuted, what, just after WrestleMania? Tell me that. So generally it takes about a year for Mattel to crank out new figures, especially of new characters, uh, especially if they require any type of new molding, sculpting, any tooling, stuff like that. Um, of course, with the, the Fiend, the mask is completely new. Bray has slimmed down quite a bit kind of bulked up a little more so the body style is going to be completely different than your previous Bray Wyatt figures um, and so the turnaround time right, right about there so Elite 77 should be hitting relatively soon for pre-order same with 76 75 just went up for pre-order last week um, we also have AJ Styles new AJ Styles which we so desperately need because it's not like the top talent or other previous AJ Styles elites are clogging up the store shelves. Uh, we're getting a Viscera, which we all saw coming with the release of King Mabel earlier this year. So I'm kind of excited about Viscera. So maybe we'll get some more from the, uh, the Ministry of Darkness. Uh, Miss Elizabeth, which I'm leaning towards. Not really leaning towards, but really hoping that it's an NWO Miss Elizabeth and that classic black dress with the NWO logo. Um, and ravishing Rick Rude from his feud with the Ultimate Warrior. So the tights on that look pretty awesome. So it's got like the Warrior logo, like the mask out the front of the tights. Just, just amazing. So pretty psyched about those. Um, but that is all that we've got for news this week. Not a lot going on. Actually, no. No, I forgot. Um, the New Day and the Street Profits have signed new contracts with WWE. So um, both of those are multi-year. So don't expect them to be leaving WWE television anytime soon. Um, I know the New Day had announced that previous on their edition of their podcast this week. And uh, I think it was just released through regular WWE news about the Street Profits as well. So... So yeah, so that is going to be it for the news. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll return with breakdowns of TLC, Raw, AEW, NWA, NXT, all that fun stuff. So we'll return in about 30 seconds, give or take. What's up, everyone? This is Chris the Heat Matthews, the host of the Wrestlegeddon Podcast. And I want to tell you about Anchor. 
Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast and they give you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. All right, we are back. So let's get in the ring. So let's jump into TLC. Um, I don't know. It was uh, really didn't get to watch too much of it, but from what I saw, actually wasn't a bad pay per view. Like some of the matches on there were pretty decent. Um, the New Day versus the Revival. Uh, of course, New Day retained over the Revival, but anytime these guys get in the ring, it was it's a pretty like you know what to expect because you've seen them wrestle so many times, and then you add the aspect of the ladder in there. There was actually one really cool spot where Big E had um, uh, uh, Dawson up in a stretch muffler. And then Kofi had the ladder and he just rammed it right into Dawson's stomach. So, there was a lot of cool spots like that in there. Uh, kickoff show, I skipped over that. Um, Umberto defeated Andrade, surprisingly. But um, I guess Umberto is on uh, some new Mighty Mouse push, so well, whatever. Um, and a very ended up becoming a bloody beatdown match. Um, Alistair Black defeated Buddy Murphy. Um, it was just hard shots left and right. It, it was a really solid matchup. Um, Viking Raiders, um, OC ended up in a double countout. Uh, King Corbin defeated Reigns in a TLC match via pinfall. Uh, Bray Wyatt defeated The Miz via pinfall in a non-title match. The biggest complaint I have with this matchup, uh, which I was talking to you about before <coughs> uh, before we started recording, was um, pretty much how The Miz acted before the match. It, it pretty much like any other parent in that type of position would have been pissed that somebody was in their house, pretty much stalking their family, like in the room where your kid was sleeping at, and, you know, puts this creepy ass doll in your kid's crib. Like all these puppets are everywhere. Like dude was in your house by your children. And you come to the ring doing your, your normal look at me and my Naruto fucking headband shit pointing to the crowd, you know, pandering for an attention instead of coming out there like pissed off. Like, I don't know. It, it just kind of lacked a little bit of realism for me for that. So, crazy. And then Bobby Lashley defeats Rusev in a tables match. Like, nobody gives a shit about that. Uh, Kabuki Warriors and uh, defeated Becky Lynch and Charlotte, retaining the titles. 
Two straight pay-per-views in a row, we've had women main eventing. The and not time. a single one of them has the name Ronda Rousey. It's great, isn't it? It is fabulous. Um, that match was actually pretty good up until um, the part where uh, Kyrie got knocked out. Uh, then it kind of started to fall apart a little bit there. They tried to keep everything together. Um, there was even a spot where Charlotte had speared Kyrie, and Kyrie just kind of fell to the ground instead of you know taking the spear like like people would normally do. Um, there's even another spot there where Becky, like you can see Becky, um, rolling Kyrie underneath the ring to keep her from getting, um, hit anymore. So that just shows you the, the type of command that Becky has as far as like being in the locker room or even on the, in the ring doing her thing. So, well, it was pretty cool. And it was awesome again to have women main eventing the pay-per-view since we're not getting an evolution too anytime soon i'm cool with seeing the women main event it's a couple pay-per-views all right so you want to do some raw rundown yeah we can do some raw rundown uh no a ton of stuff i mean uh, Rollins basically kicks off the show with AOP talking about how the fans have let him down. Blah blah blah. blah. We don't care. You're a heel. You own it. That's fine. Uh, uh, but heel Rollins is way better than face Rollins. Oh, way better. Especially way like better. the sniveling. I need people to watch my back. Heel Rollins. Yeah. So basically, we have JJ security on steroids. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> The OC got another uh, shot against the Viking Raiders. It was a non-title, and they ended up beating them, um, which is good to see them actually winning matches. And I don't know that the Viking Raiders have really lost. I'm trying to think the last if they've lost a match. Since they debuted on Raw, no. So, first loss from the Viking Raiders. I, I believe so. I can't think of another... Uh, Eric Rowe in another squash match, which, uh... Da, 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 da. What's, what's in, in the, the box? box? Da, 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 da. What's in Rowan's box? Let's see. What do I think today? I'm thinking inside Rowan's box is a double-sided dragon dildo. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't even know. Probably his his pet tarantula. I don't know. Who knows? That's a big tarantula for that big box. Hey, man. Maybe he's giving it steroids. Trying to see what happens. You know what else it could be? It's probably going to be fucking, something fucking stupid like a possum. <laughs> That's, that sounds like something they would give to Rowan. Because yeah. they did that with um, I was Bad News Brown. There is like way back in the day, he was feuding with um, uh, the Jake the Snake Roberts or Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and he had like a bag or something inside the bag. He had a possum. Awesome. So it was so fucking stupid. <laughs> that that's probably what they're gonna do though. Yeah, it's, it'll, it's be like, be it'll be like it'll be something so dumb, like a possum or like an alligator, like a baby alligator or something. Baby alligator. So. <laughs> ah, great. I'm still leaning towards double-sided dragon dildo. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, 
I, uh, unfortunately, Lashley is still on our TVs. I wish he would go away. The only match anybody wants to see is Lashley taking on his couch. Because <laughs> we all know who would win that match. The couch. <laughs> the couch. Exactly. <laughs> the couch. Um, we also had a gauntlet match for the number one contender for the U.S. title. Uh, started off with Tazal and R-Truth. Tazal ended up beating R-Truth. Then it was Ricochet came out. Ricochet beat Tazawa. Uh, after Zal was Hardy, Ricochet ended up beating Hardy. Then Humberto beat Ricochet. And then Andrade basically came out with Humberto still in the ring and just literally beat the living shit out of Humberto, which is why I went to a no contest. Um, which Rey Mysterio ended up coming down to help Humberto because Andrade wouldn't stop. Which, whatever. Which then leads to the next segment with Rollins and AOP, and Rollins tries to give uh, Mysterio back his little bitty uh, lead pipe, and they, him and AOP end up destroying Ray as he asks for a U.S. title match against Ray, which he accepts later on in the show. Uh, we also so going back to the gauntlet match. Like that was a really good match. Like I actually watched this. The match was really good. Um, even like from the get go between Truth and Tazawa, it was really good. Basically, their whole intent on this was getting Umberto in the ring again with Andrade. Yep. Which there was other ways that they could have did this besides ruining this gauntlet match. Which if you remember. Like, three, four months ago, that's all they fucking did was gauntlet matches. Like, every week, just so they could have something going on in the commercials. Instead of, like, you know, the traditional, okay, rest hold, commercial break, rest hold, rest hold, commercial break, whatever. But this, after not having a gauntlet match for a while, then seeing this match with the talent that was in there, it was a solid matchup. Then they had to fuck it up by having a, a no contest ending. And that's, that's pretty much how Raw is. It's one big fuck-up. Yep. Uh, we also saw Asuka take on Deanna Perrazzo. That was actually a pretty solid match, too. Like, I love Deanna. Uh, which she ended up beating her. After that, we got a little sit-down interview with Becky, where she basically wants to face Asuka in a match for the title. Um, okay. And then the main event saw Orton over Styles, which I heard was a pretty solid match. Also, um, after the match, OC basically starts beating the crap out of Orton. The Raider, Viking Raiders come out there, but they don't get any, don't really help. And the OC stands tall as Raw goes off air. Awesome. Awesome. Which is probably going to end up leading to when we come back from break from... Because no one's running any shows next week for like the Christmas week. Um, so we're probably going to end up getting the Viking Raiders and Orton taking on the OC as a main event for Raw in two weeks. Which would not be surprised at all. Because that's how predictable things have gotten on Raw. Um, whatever. But let's move on to probably one of the best wrestling shows this week. NWA Power. And do the fire. So, 
pretty much had you fall out from, of course, into the fire, uh, which we covered last week. Um, we kick off the show with the new national champion, Aaron Stevens. Um, no, the third degree, third degree national, national champion. champion, Aaron Stevens, who is also a third degree back black belt in karate. Yes, and I'm doing the hand motion too because you can't say it without doing the hand motion. You can't. <laughs> you really can't. You can try it, but you can't. <laughs> so, uh, to Aaron Stevens is third degree black belt and a third degree national champion. Um, this course brought out Colt Cabana, who um, pretty much just made fun of Aaron for hiding behind the Christmas tree the entire match as him and Ricky Starks beat the shit out of each other. Did, did, you, did you see all that stuff with, with that? Like the whole time he's literally just hiding behind a Christmas tree. Telling people to be quiet. Be quiet. I'm not here. (laughs) He's behind something else afterwards. He got in the ring for a little bit and then he like got back out of the ring and like hid behind (laughs) something else afterwards. That was crazy. It was funny. Uh, Oh, we also had a following that. um, The Dawson's come out to be into that too. Uh, maybe they they came out so many times that I lost count. Yeah, I think they did come out towards the end of that promo, um, as they were walking off because I I think the Dawsons had passed um, Thunder Rosa as she was coming out, but um I could be wrong though. But um, so somewhere in there was a Dawsons promo talking about the wild cards. Um, we had a segment with Thunder Rosa. Uh, can we out to the ring? Uh, basically telling everybody to stand up as Molina had made her entrance. Um, really didn't last that long as as soon as Molina got into the ring, Ashley Vox had come out and jumped Thunder Rosa. Um, Vox actually had the upper hand there for a minute until Molina got involved. Then um, out came ODB and Allison K to uh, make the save for Ashley so she wasn't getting beat down in a two-on-one. Um... We go, we had a like, quick commercial break or whatever. We come back, there's a uh, segment, backstage segment with Melina pretty much yelling at uh, Marty Bell, asking her where she was, why she wasn't out there, and, you know, all this other stuff. And Marty's like, oh, you told me to stay here. And, like, it was just, it was kind of a cluster of a segment, but. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I can pretty much guarantee that we will be getting a six-woman tag match between Thunder Marty and Molina taking on Ashley ODB and Allison K. Um, and I'm pretty sure that we're going to get a women's title match either between Allison K and Molina or Allison K and Thunder Rosa eventually down the road. Uh, with triple threat match for the television title tournament qualifier. So basically, the winner of this match got put into the title tournament for the NWA television title. Um, couple of names in here I don't know, and one that I do know, um, who is a legend in the business from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, the man himself, C. W. Anderson. C. Dub. C. Dub, man. Who we've met on numerous occasions. C. Dub is awesome. He's a so. very nice guy. Amazing dude, amazing wrestler. Yeah. Um, which I'd love to see him more. Um, featured on NWA, maybe they can pick him up or, you know, AEW something. I'm sure they can use the talent of C.W. Anderson. Um, we got Sal Renaro, which I have no idea who this guy is. And then 
honestly, probably the most annoying guy that I've seen in a while, but it's probably going to end up growing on me and becoming one of my favorites. <laughs> Outlandish. Zicky Dice. <laughs> so, I don't know what it is with this guy. But I'm watching this match, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy, and why is he so annoying? And then, like, the more I see him, like, throughout the rest of the show, because he comes back out later, and it's just, like, I'm starting to like this guy. He kind of so, has, like, like, um, uh, like <laughs> one of the Nasty Boys looks to him. He's like a mix between the Nasty Boys and Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. So, it's one of those. Which is probably like his name, too. Yeah. So, and like... Like, when I was younger, I really loved Andrew Dice Clay's comedy. Um, as I discovered it, you know, in my late teenage years. Because, uh, of course, I was too little when Dice... When the Dice Band was actually, you know, popular. So, my parents really wouldn't let me listen to that stuff. But um, it, it kind of gives me a, a mix of that. So, um, after that, we had the... Uh, they showed the Marty Scroll promo from... Um, after Into the Fire, uh, which he gave to the live crowd as to why he is in NWA. And pretty much, of course, it's to go after Nick Aldis in the NWA World Championship. Um, first match, the second match of the night, sorry. Uh, Rock and Roll Express defeat a couple of jobbers. Um, one guy named Zach Mosley and another guy named Sean Sims. No idea who these guys are. Um I like the Rock and Roll Express. I love the fact that they are nine-time NWA Tag Team Champions. But they didn't really look that great in this match. They did not. Not the way they looked against the wild cards. And uh, into the fire. And the previous week when they won the titles. Yeah. And it just kind of it seemed off. Especially when they both went for the double. When they went to do the double schoolboys. And like Ricky Morton looked like he got a little lost. Yeah. So, or not Ricky Martin, Robert Gibson. Gibson looked like he got a little lost. And, like, for a second there, didn't realize what he was supposed to do. Which, that kind of happens uh, when you got one eye looking one way and the other one looking the other, another direction. But, um, yeah. Uh, let's see. We had, there was another Dawson's promo in here somewhere with the wild cards. Before um, this match. Which ended up leading into a match between the wild cards and the Dawson's, of course, which the wild cards defeated the Dawson's. Uh, we got a James Storm promo, um, which was from after his match with Nick Aldis and Into the Fire, um, where he's still claiming that NWA has a conspiracy against him and all this other stuff. Uh, what else? We were introduced to the competitors, the rest of the competitors for the NWA TV title tournament. Um, of course, outlandish Zicky Dice, uh, Ricky Starks, Colt Cabana, Caleb Conley, Trevor Murdoch, Question mark, Eddie Kingston, Tim Storm, the Dawsons, and Nick Aldis. And they actually did set up the first two matches. Yeah, I forgot to write for the tournament, it. which was um It was Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston and the and, question mark and Colt Cabana. Yeah. So those will be the first two matches um, on the next edition of of Power. Um then Stu Bennett had a sit down interview with Marty Skrull. Uh, pretty much going into a little bit more detail why Marty is in NWA. Uh, fun. So basically everything he said the night before. Um, Eli Drake, uh, rematch against Ken Anderson, uh, went over Anderson in an ODQ match. Uh, during this match, Tim Storm was actually on commentary. 
and he had made some comments about all this. Nothing really derogatory or nothing mean towards all this because, you know, Tim's got a lot of respect for all this, you know, vice versa. Um, what after the match, it prompted all this to come out and got in Tim Storm's face. They end up getting in the ring, getting into a shoving match. Uh, wild cards come out, jump all the or, and uh, jump Storm, aligning themselves with Nick. All this Camille comes out to kind of she looks like she's sticking up for Tim Storm, but she turns and hits Storm with a spear and then starts making out with one of the dudes from the wild cards. It's just spear like horrible, by the way. Yeah, it did. No. Um, so we pretty much all this had mentioned earlier in the night that he needed a team, um, to help him be his insurance policy, this, that, and the third. So it's pretty much something that they've been laying the seeds for, for a while now, because all this had been working, doing stuff with the wild cards and all the other stuff. So new faction, NWA, Nick, all this, the wild cards and Camille. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Uh, let's get into the Wednesday Night Wars. Yeah, they were tied last week in ratings, I think. No, NXT. Was it NXT? I know yeah. one week Actually, they were this like... Actually, week, this week NXT outdid. Um, Did they? Outdid I know there was one AW. week they were like tied or something, and they were like really, really close. I don't remember which week it was. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. NXT. You got to see the... NXT Championship match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor, which Adam Cole ended up picking up the win on that. And that happened off of a uh, distraction from the returning Johnny Wrestling himself, Johnny Gargano, who ended up beating down Balor after the match with a chair. Yep. But that that match up and like even after that point was an amazing matchup and a great opener for that show. Uh, we also saw Rhea Ripley take on Baszler for the title, which finally... And that was her main event. Finally. Main event of that show. So she won that match. 400 some odd days, Shayna Baszler has been the NXT Women's Champion. Rhea Ripley with a super riptide from the top rope. Picked up the win on that. Phenomenal. Filled the ring. And they crowd surfed Rhea Ripley through the ring. Yep. I felt that. Freaking it. awesome. Oh, man. Uh, some of the other matches that happened throughout the show. Because those are the big two. Uh, Damian Priest defeated Killian Dane via pinfall. Um, that was a solid match. Well, I mean, would anything you expect. Because they've been going at it for a while now. Yeah. So. Um, also, they announced the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic will return next year, which I know we're looking forward to that. Definitely. I'm looking forward to who's going to be in that. Yeah, tournament. that's him and I have been like kind of talking about who we think is going to be in it because they're like, eh, you got to do like eight tag teams. I'm trying to think of all the tag teams they put it in. It. Hopefully, we'll get a debut tag team. Or actually, it would be cooler if um, someone from like Raw or SmackDown, like maybe one of the teams from there, kind of got involved in the tournament. But we'll find out the full roster, the full tournament bracket, or at least the teams, um, on the New Year's Day edition of NXT. Uh, we also saw Cameron Grimes defeat Kushida. Oh man, this match! This match was awesome. Like these, these are like two of my favorite guys at the moment, Cameron Grimes and Kushida. Like it was just 
great back and forth and the story that they're telling based upon, you know, the last couple of weeks that they've been interacting. Just an amazing matchup. But Kushida gets for taking his hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Unfortunately, uh, Kushida shouldn't have taken his hat. Io Shirai defeated uh, Wonder Woman herself, Santana, Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett. Uh, Pete Dunne Damn, defeated... Io Shirai is so hot. Yeah. Oh. The Hill Theory. <laughs> uh, Pete Dunne defeated Travis Banks via pinfall. And we saw a interview with Dakota Kai. Apparently, she got eight staples in her head last week from that table shot. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, interesting stuff. Yeah. So, um, actually, I thought AEW, or not AEW, NXT had the better show this week. Um, last couple weeks, actually, I feel NXT has had the better show. Um, AEW, I don't know what it is, like why they keep, it just seems like they have way too many like matches. They just like throw out there. Just and it's, it's always tag team matches. Yeah. Like there's so many tag team matches on AEW and I get it. You know, you got a roster that you're trying to, trying to showcase. And the best way to do that is, you know, put them in a tag match together. Um, uh, but we kicked off the show with the Lucha Brothers defeating, um, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, um, which then we got into another tag team match with Cody and Darby Allen defeating the Butcher and the Blade. So it was like two tag team matches right in a row. Um, awesome Kong finally wrestled, um, defeating a fucking jobber, basically. Yeah, pretty much squash match. Um, Jungle Boy and Chris Jericho, great match. Phenomenal. Oh man, he. Well, it's funny. So he, so he was, he's basically put in the walls of Jericho, whatever they fucking call it now, for like the last minute or so, and then uh, you see Jericho go over to Justin Roberts. Give me five more minutes. Give me five more minutes. (laughs) And they're like, give five more minutes, and freaking Jungle Boy puts him in like two different pin holds. He grabs his title and. Fucking runs up the ring. Like, I'm not fighting you anymore. <laughs> and it is cool. Because, like, Jericho, like, you look at his match with Scorpio Sky from a few weeks ago, which was a fantastic matchup. Um, you look at his match with Jungle Boy this week. Like, Jericho is really investing his time into helping build these this talent um, that really hasn't had, like, Jungle Boy, like, really hasn't had this type of exposure um, until coming on with AEW because I, I haven't seen him anywhere, you know, outside of like random YouTube videos and things like that. Like I haven't seen him on Ring of Honor, I haven't seen him, you know, all the places like that. And then he shows up in AEW, of course, with you know Luchasaurus, who I'm familiar with through Ring of Honor. Um, Me also. And then he gets his exposure around here, and then you know they they give him a match with Jericho. And then Jericho, like I said, Jericho is really putting in the effort to make these younger guys look good and help them, you know, make a bigger name for themselves. And it shows. Like, it's not just, like, I'm really waiting for the match between Jericho and Sonny Kiss. Like, you can't tell me that wouldn't be an awesome matchup. It would be. No. <laughs> but, yeah, Jericho's, Jericho's putting in work. And, like, it's awesome to see someone of his caliber you know, wanting to see these guys too. succeed and see this company succeed. Um, 
pretty awesome. Um, Chris Statlander defeated Britt Baker, become the number one contender. Statlander's had what, like three matches in AEW? I don't even know. But she's un, but she's undefeated. Yeah. <coughs> but remember, um, uh, records don't matter in this anymore. They only matter not. sometimes. Yeah, not all the time. Sometimes. So then there was still like. Brandy was still trying to get Statlander to join the uh, the Nightmare Collective, um, which of course she declined, and then Kong took some of her hair. Again, there you go. Took some of her hair and all that fun stuff, and then sniffed it and put it in her Wookiee belt. Fucking weird bitch. Um. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out who that guy was in yeah. the promo from last week. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think Cody knows either. I don't think he was too happy. Um, SCU <laughs> defeated the Young Bucks, um, the main event. And for some reason, AEW felt the need to have the dork order beat down everybody in the ring. So you have a stable that consists of a tag team and a bunch of guys in S&M masks. And they recruited another tag team to be a part of their stable. So basically, it's a stable of two tag teams. Explain that one. There's no explaining these. <laughs> what the they, hell, AEW? They have their oh, they hell. their name is the Dork Order for a reason. Oh man, I don't even know their like actual ring names. Like those was one was like Evil Uno. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And I don't know the other guy's name. Yeah, no. I, I don't either. I mean, it doesn't matter. So basically, you have. Three groups that are essentially doing similar gimmicks. So you've got the Dork Order, the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny. Yep. And the Nightmare Collective. Yep. So you're doing all these these three like evil creepy gimmicks. All at the same time with a bunch of different people. Bravo, AEW Creative. Bravo. Uh, what else happened? Uh, we'll talk about SmackDown. We talked about a little bit of SmackDown. We are doing this a little late on Friday night, so we've already watched SmackDown. Uh, not a whole lot to really talk about. Um, we had some stuff with Daniel Bryan calling out Fiend at the open the show, uh, which led to The Miz coming out, saying he wants to beat on Bray, and then led to Corbin coming out, basically telling them that they're horrible fathers and that, uh, yeah, he needs to be the title holder. Which then led to the main event of them doing a tag match at the end of the show where Brian and Miz ended up winning that over Corbin and Ziggler. Um, there was like three women's matches it's actually the uh, Dana Brooke and Bailey match was pretty good. Yeah, Dana Brooke and Bailey. Dana has come a long way, so she's. Well, the one thing I would say, so. this is the only thing I'm going to say. She can date Batista all she wants. Don't take any wrestling advice from Batista. No. <laughs> That'll make your career None. a thousand times worse. Whatsoever. Um, but she has started doing the Batista bomb. That was a finisher. Which is so. fine. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Carmella wrestled Sonya Deville, which was a pretty decent match. Um, Carmella ended up winning that. Uh, We also saw Sasha and 
Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans, directly after Bailey and Dana. Which I think was... Is this a, a count-out? I never saw she was just beating the shit out of Lacey. I don't think there was an actual, like, call to the match. I think it ended because she just wouldn't stop. I think, I think no maybe. contest. I'm not 100% sure on that. I one. wasn't really paying attention. Uh, I think it's eventually going to lead to Lacey taking out Bailey. Oh, best, <coughs> best part of the show. So we saw... Uh, you know, we had to get our uh, 31st Christmas street fight. We always get that every year, you know. Horrible, horrible, horrible. I know you hate it. It was between uh, Heavy Machinery and The Revival. But the best part coming out of it. No, 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 no. The match doesn't matter. The match was crap. <laughs> we don't care about the match. The best part out of it. Mandy Rose got Otis as her secret Santa and got him a ham <laughs> and kissed him on the cheek. <laughs> he got what he oh, wanted for Christmas. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. I mean, the match really didn't matter. It really wasn't that great. It was. It had its funny moments, which you know that's all it fucking matches for anyway. Uh, yeah, pretty much Otis. Which and I will. I'll admit there was a point where uh, Scott Dawson had. Uh, this got Dawson? Yeah. Had uh, Otis, not Otis, Tucker. He had him like just like laying on the, the ramp. And he just like was holding him down while, um, what's the other one? Uh, the other revival member, whatever. I don't, I'm bad with names. I don't care. Dash. Dash, there you go. He, uh, he got a bowling ball and like threw it down the ramp. Like, he threw it pretty far down the ramp, and, like, it hit his, like, kneecap bone. I felt Damn. I felt it on my on, on my side of the TV. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it didn't really matter. I mean, Heavy Machinery did win in the match. I mean, I don't, I don't think the Revival are going to win any more matches. They're on their way out, so. Yeah, I don't think they have not resigned. They're not um, going contracts to. They shouldn't. WWE. They shouldn't. I mean, we're talking about a team. Like, they've asked for their release. Like a while ago, and you know, obviously it wasn't granted, and they added some time onto uh, Wilder's contract from his injury, but um, that that is a team that's definitely bound for somewhere else. So. Yep. <coughs> I guess AEW. AEW because everybody wants to see the Young Bucks versus the Revival. Yep. Let's say also, uh. Otis felt so bad because the revival uh, destroyed his ham that he got a hug from Mandy Rose afterwards. And because he was so sweaty, you could like see. It was all over her. It was great. Oh, so gross. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Oh, man. So- uh, but yeah, that was basically it for SmackDown. Yeah, Raw hold. and SmackDown have been kind of lacking um, since the draft. Like, all honesty, like, it's just, like, you have no world champion on Raw, again, because Lesnar is MIA, as usual. Um, so, you got Seth Rollins, who's your top heel on Raw right now, challenging for your secondary title in the U.S. title, which is on Rey Mysterio, who is essentially your top babyface. It's pretty much Mysterio and Owens are, like, the two of the top faces right now on Raw. 
and then Rollins is your top heel. So, of course, you're going to elevate the U.S. title to that main event status in lieu of not having your WWE champion present like he should be. Because, yes, that is good for ratings to put a title on someone that is never fucking there. Whereas SmackDown, they have a champion who defends all the time. Except for their Intercontinental Champion, who I I start to think whether or not they realize that Nakamura actually has a title. I think they don't realize that Nakamura can actually wrestle better than 90% of their roster. That too. No. Or maybe he's just making them all look bad so they don't do anything with them. Well, who knows? Um, So that's it for the Get in the Ring segment. We're going to take a quick break, and we shall return uh, with your weekly trivia, your Q&A, and this week's Push Fire Berry, uh, which is the special Tag Team Edition player. So we'll be back. Stay tuned. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm Tony Falk from Paducah, Kentucky. I've been in the wrestling business for over 40 years. You may know me, I'm the one that taught Shawn Michaels how to speak his army. So back in the day when I used to travel down the road in my old Delta 88 Oldsmobile, I became fond of two things, waffles and tire irons. So that's why I decided to open my own store, Tony Fox, Tony Fox waffles, waffles and Tire We paint all of our tire irons solid gold. And our waffles offer only the best of organic and gluten-free ingredients. So when you're in Paducah, stop by, tell them Uncle Tony sent All right, and we are back, and we are going to kick things off here with the Push Fire Berry segment. And like I said before the break, this is going to be a special tag team edition. Holla, holla, holla. So let's get it rolling. I was going first. You're going first. I'm going first this time. Okay. My first last time. All right. So I got Villain Enterprises. Current Ring of Honor six man tag team champions. Lucha Bros. That's going to be tough. And the OC. Oh my God, man. (laughs) Oh, that was like three of my favorites. That's like like the hardest one I've seen. Oh, shit. (laughs) Um, God. This is fucked up. (laughs) This is really fucked up. So, um,. Normally, it's pretty decisive on these ones, like who to who to push, who to fire, who to bury. Um, I'm, oh, man, this is rough. I'm going to fire the Lucha Bros. Okay. Uh, I'm going to push, we'll push the OC. No, I'm going to push Villain Enterprises, and I'm going to bury the OC. Okay. Yeah, tough. It was tough. That was tough, man. It hurts. Right in the heart, man. It's like, whew. Yeah. That was a tough one. All right. My turn. 
Heavy machinery. Why couldn't I get them? <laughs> <laughs> that would been an easy fire. <laughs> and the Rock and Roll Express. So Garrett so far has heavy machinery and the Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> and Imperium. Well, that's easy. Uh, <laughs> I would push Imperium, bury the Rock and Roll Express, sorry MVP, and fire Heavy Machinery. <laughs> Easy peasy. Oh, man. So <laughs> You got the hardest fucking one I've ever seen. I got probably the easiest one I've it's, ever seen. It's normally me who gets the easy one. I know. So. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into trivia. Uh, last week's trivia question was, which of the following stables was Arn Anderson not a part of? Your choices were the Four Horsemen, the Heenan Family, the Dangerous Alliance, and the First Family. If you answered the First Family, go ahead and give yourself that good old-fashioned Barry Horowitz pat on the back because you are correct. <laughs> and this week's trivia question is a uh, it's a pretty good one. Some might know it, some might not. Um, you got to be pretty hardcore to know this one. But uh, what former manager coined the phrase "pencil neck geek"? So if you know the answer, you can go ahead and drop that in any social media post promoting episode twenty-two of this podcast, or you can send us an email at askwrestlegeddonpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, pop in the subject line, episode 22, trivia question, and you can go ahead and send us your answer. All right, so trivia is done. Push Fireberry is done. All that's left is this week's Q&A. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. All right, so we got our first audio question, uh, which comes from... Young man named Trent. What's up, WrestleGeddon Podcast? <laughs> it's your boy Trent. And y'all was hating on my boy Rob Van Dam yesterday. I mean, not yesterday, but <laughs> I listened to the podcast yesterday. Uh, y'all was hating on <laughs> fucking Rob Van Dam, man. Uh. <laughs> So my question for you guys is, uh, what's your favorite fucking Rob Dan Van match, man? Fuck. Yeah, this is some good shit. Okay, so, um, I think Trent needs to get outside and maybe a, well, put the bong down. <laughs> First of all, he's an open window. Yeah, open window. Spray some Lysol. <laughs> Something, but um, favorite Rob Van Dam match. You ever notice that when we start harassing someone, all the weirdos come out? Look at weirdos. Like call us out on the shit, but then ask us what our favorite match was of these people. You know what? Fucking god. Ah. All right. Favorite Rob Van Dam match. Which one you got? What's your favorite RVD match? I don't really know. I haven't watched. I don't. I don't feel like I've watched 
enough RVD matches to really give an answer. Um, I mean, I, I do know of some matches. There's a few. Um, one of which um, I'm looking at right now because I had to look it up and I was like, oh yeah, I remember that match. <laughs> uh, was uh, <laughs> RVD versus Angle versus Austin at No Mercy 2001. Uh, it was really, really good match. Uh, honestly, anytime you have like I felt like anytime you had like uh, RVD and like Sabu in a match was always really good. Um, any kind of match like that, um, but uh, yeah. All right, I, this is kind of a toss up for me. There's a couple different ones. Um, my initial response was Van Dam versus John Cena um, from ECW One Night Stand. Just the Everything had come together for that match as far as your crowd interaction with them throwing the shirt, you know, Cena throwing the shirt into the crowd, the crowd throwing it back, you know, them chanting, you know, fuck you, Cena. Um, you had the dude, there was literally a guy, group of people that had a banner that said, if Cena wins, we riot. Like, you know, the Hammerstein Ballroom was rabid with ECW fans for this event. And, you know, everything played out so well in that match. You know, Van Dam actually won the title. It was just a really great moment, pretty much, for Van Dam. But then he had to fuck it up by getting nailed. Him and uh, Sabu got nailed with some weed, you know, a couple of days later. Um, but, so there's that one. And the other one I was thinking of, um, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. These guys had an amazing series of matches throughout their runs in ECW uh, especially for the the ECW TV title um, anytime the two of those guys got in the ring you knew exactly what you were going to get and that was one hell of a matchup and they delivered every single night um, out of the two of them um, RVD versus Jerry Lynn will probably have to be one of my favorite series of matches or matches in general um, featuring Rob Van Dam and I'm actually a big Jerry Lynn fan too, so that's kind of, kind of both for me. So, uh, hope they that answer your question, Trent. And kind of not really sorry for the busting on RVD. Maybe he needs to uh, ditch the strippers and drop the the joint every now and then, and take a look at reality around him. Um, next question comes from Tom. Hey, WrestleGeddon Podcast. This is Tom. I really love underwear. Panties are my favorite. Thongs. Briefs. Cheeky. Bikini. I love them all. Satin. Silk. Cotton. I love the way they smell. Oh, yeah. I love the way they taste. So my question for you guys is what's your favorite Brian Panties match of all time? Oh my god. Like, I thought the last guy was weird. <laughs> this dude talk about sniffing, eating, like licking panties, and then gave me like... Give us like a list of panties for his gump style. I just like imagine in his home he has a dresser and labeled 
he like labels each and every panty like by what it is and then every time he steals one off one because i'm i'm sure he steals panties from women he has to he probably labels like when where what time <laughs> like everything he's got it down packed he hangs he hangs out the laundromat waits for you waits for you to be that person that leaves your clothes unattended and snags your snags your undies off the washer just goes <laughs> Tom you one creepy motherfucker um but your question was what's our favorite bra and panties match of all time like the bra and panties matches were terrible to begin <laughs> with so I really can't give you an answer as to what my favorite bra and bra and panties match was of all time um it basically was I, I don't know. You know, I'm not going to answer this question. What I'm going to say is, if you want to watch actual women's wrestling instead of the garbage we that we were had to get force-fed because they didn't know how to actually let women wrestle, watch wrestling now. Watch women wrestle now. There ain't no garbage-ass bra and panties match. We don't see that anymore. We see women putting the time, the effort and the willpower into wrestling. So we don't get to see these garbage bra and panties matches. We've come a long way from bra and panties matches, Tom. And yeah. Not cool, man. Not, not cool. cool. So I'm not answering that question. So you go to hell. <laughs> you go to hell. You die. <laughs> oh, Lord. And we can do that because this is our podcast. Yeah. 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 So that is pretty much it for episode 22 of the world's first third degree podcast. Um, we will not be having an episode next week because there's no wrestling next week. But we'll be back the following week uh, to recap the new year. Um, we're going to give you some end of the year. Maybe we'll do some like end of the year awards. Like, yeah. I mean, we'll break down the, uh, give you our male superstar of the year, female superstar of the year, tag team of the year. And, um, uh, what was that? Like moment of the year. Moment of the year. Yeah. So we'll take a look at those and we'll, uh, compile, uh, who we thought was, was the best out of all of those. So yeah, so that's it. That's all I got. And Yeah. I'm trying not to fall asleep here because I'm really tired. We're all tired. <laughs> it's been a rough week. Very rough. But, uh, we will catch you all in two weeks uh, with the New Year edition, the first edition of 2020 of the Russell Getting Podcast. I am, as always, your most illustrious host, Chris the Heat Matthews. For myself and Garrett G. Money Mun, thank you all for listening. And we look forward to having many more fun episodes in the new year. And as always, stay classy, Marks. Later, bitches. I'll tell them stay classy, you later, bitches. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Fuck this shit. Woo-woo. Woo-woo.